Hey everybody, and welcome to Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network presents Gaijin Wrestling Radio Match of the Month. This is the Match of the Month for April 2019. I'm one half of your hosting squad, Kobe Nida, and this week I'm joined here with the other half of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, the man I couldn't do it without, the guy who makes it work on the other half of the... Uh, the the globe of our uh, of our retromania pro wrestling world here if you want to get uh, metaphorical but he's actually on the same side of the globe as me just a, a little bit north everybody it's dave rosenbluth dave what's going on hey what's up man how are you it's uh it's good to be on this uh this end of the uh the spectrum this end of the globe if you will in the retromania <laughs> pro wrestling podcast network i'm really excited about this one man i never done gaijin with you before we we do marking out the days you've been on kicking out it too so um, yeah you did your own kind of version of gaijin wrestling radio before doing your coverage of uh roh super show and new japan and all that good stuff yeah, yeah, we, yeah. I did that once, well, a, a time or two, <laughs> I guess you could say. Oh, yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, did that once. Yeah, but yeah. anyhow, sorry. Um, but we never joined up directly together, um, as far as on this show. Um, I'm really glad you could join me. Um, I had done this episode before by myself, and I told you in private, um, or in analog, as we say in the podcast world. Um, I basically, yeah, it, it was kind of boring talking to myself and watching the match in the background. So I'm glad that you get to join me and I kind of get to educate you as well. Um, yes. Are you familiar with, you're familiar with Japanese wrestling, I assume. I am familiar with Japanese wrestling. I don't, I don't watch it a whole lot. Um, I watch it when I can, when there's something that might interest me. Um, I have a lot of respect for it, and I could understand why it has the following it does here in the United States. But um, it's just it's not the it's not the first item I'm ordering off the menu when it comes to pro wrestling. But I I'm 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 looking forward for like you said for you to educate me on you know this type of wrestling because this is something that like I don't get too in depth with. So I'm I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, absolutely. Before we kind of get into the in-depth stuff, because you're actually going to be a guest on some future episodes, I want to kind of get to know you and let the audience get to know you okay. and your knowledge of Japanese wrestling. Okay. So you're more of a WWE fan, if you will, or an old-school WCW, NWA fan. Yeah. Um, what was your kind of first introduction to anything Japanese wrestling-based or a match or any type of promotion or tape? Uh, give me a little nostalgia or a bit of recall, if you will. Um, well, you know, my, my first introduction to wrestling was WWF as a kid, um, you know, in, in the boom period during the, during the, the big expansion with uh, Hulk Hogan. Uh, but when I managed to branch off and watch other wrestling like WCW, my first exposure to Japanese wrestling was probably through the Great Muda. Um, okay. I, the first time I had watched Great Muda, I believe, was during the... Um, during his time period in 1989 when he was managed by Gary Hart and he was uh, I think the first Muda match I ever saw was the main event of Halloween Havoc 1989 with him and Terry Funk against Ric Flair and Sting that's probably the, the JTEX first. Corporation yes that was that was the first time I ever watched um, 
a great mood in action. I got it. I got the 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 show on tape. Uh, went and rented it at the video store. Uh, don't remember if it was Blockbuster or not, but that was my first introduction to um, a Japanese wrestler um, in the United States. Um, I did. I wasn't privy to Japanese wrestling footage at the time, and. Um, as time went on in my fandom, especially during that time period, you know, late 80s going into the 90s, anytime I saw any kind of Japanese wrestling, um, it was usually through uh, video clips that WCW would show of their, uh, their their talents over there working the tours of Japan. So gotcha. Vader, Steiner Brothers, Sting, um, yeah. names like that, Stan Hansen, um, just just to name a few. Though that's so more the of first the Gaijins. Time. Yes, exactly. But I, I would I didn't get to watch like whole shows or whole matches um, as I have in years you know years later up until currently. Um, but I would see little clips of that stuff here and there, and that's where I got a little bit of my um my knowledge of japanese wrestling now um you say you're still not too familiar is there anything that kind of stands out to you now flashing forward that like you watch currently or you've seen in recent years or the past 10 years more or Uh, less of uh, japanese wrestling that you've come to appreciate uh, I'll watch the, some of the, the 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 current New Japan stuff, um, uh, whether it's you know on um, AXS TV. Um, I'll, I've watched a few of the the G1 shows that they had. I watched the last one I watched was the big show they had in Dallas. Um, okay, yeah. Back in July, um, I've watched a few of the. Um, the Wrestle Kingdom shows. Uh, I watched the show with Omega and Okada from Wrestle Kingdom. The Jericho Omega match from Wrestle Kingdom. Um, the Nakamura AJ Styles match. Um, I, I've I've tried to sit through and watch full shows of like those Wrestle Kingdom events, and those are like the Japanese version of that's their WrestleMania, at least how that's how I interpret it. And so right, I kind of um, forced you to watch the other one and gave you my account. Yeah, <laughs> at the beginning yeah. of the year. No, and you know, and and I enjoy and, and I enjoy most of that stuff for the most part. I'm not very familiar with the uh, the pronunciation of names. I'll butcher names like crazy. So like, right. let me just and kind be, of the backstory, maybe. Yeah, some of the backstory. Like, I don't, you know, there's so many hours in the day that I can watch wrestling, and maybe it's just me and my like the way I'm wired in terms of how I watch wrestling. But like, you know, now there's di- many different ways you can watch it streaming. You can you know, watch it regular on cable. You can you know find a clip on YouTube or whatever. Like. I'm the kind of person that, like, if it's not on my, ch- if I don't have that channel, I'm not watching it. Kind of like with Ring of Honor in, in, a, in a way. So, gotcha. um, you know, the times I have watched New Japan, like, if I hear certain matches coming up, um, you know, I'll try to make the time to watch it. Like when John Moxley wrestled Juice Robinson, um, you know, I made sure I watched that. Um, I didn't watch it live, but I made sure that I caught it, you know, at a later date. Um, yeah. Things like that. The G1 show, um, the the big G1 Supercard WrestleMania weekend in the Garden with Ring of Honor. So, I mean, uh, when it comes to that, I'm not a faithful follower. I'm I'm familiar with some of those guys over there, and I've learned a lot about guys that I've never even heard of before. Um, but if there's anyone that I'm familiar, like as far as Japanese wrestlers go, like I like Okada. I really enjoy watching him. Um, I've be- Jay White, Switchblade Jay White's grown on me. Um, I yeah. just like his demeanor, his look. Um, I'm not the biggest Bullet Club guy, but um, I do like Gorillas of Destiny, t- Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa, um, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, 
names like that, just to name a few. I'm not going to go yeah. off, you know, on the list. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. Those but are the great guys, names to say the least. You know, those are those are the guys that I've that I I would say that like I wouldn't say have impressed me, but like I they they've stood out to me when I've watched. Um, current new japan pro wrestling stuff as far as the older stuff goes you know you did give me the account and i st- and you know like i said there's only so many hours in a day and so much wrestling to watch um between wwe and nxt and you know ring of honor new japan and then eventually mm-hmm. aew all all this great wrestling that's out there um but um i've been meaning to watch a lot of the older japan stuff like for instance um well, you you put something up on the Facebook recently with um, oh there was Vader. Bam Bam Bigelow yeah, and Vader Bam Bam they Bigelow were the IWGP tag team champions yeah you know like I want to see Steiner brother matches in Japan like I'm sure there's a ton of there's those there's plenty on of them yep. you know what I mean like and I'm a big Steiner brothers guy so like um, that's kind of what I want to do with this podcast is introduce some of the Gaijin matches some of the classic matches that people know about um, and maybe some of the more common or just not um not knowledgeable or not um what's the word i'm looking for you just haven't been exposed to yep. japanese wrestling Exposure. so much yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's what i kind of want to do here is hopefully every month uh showcase a good match that people will go back and look at and be like wow that was a classic yeah um you know so before we get into this match you you want to let everybody know what's going on and kicking out at two land uh, last week, this week, and next week. All right. Um, as far as last week goes, uh, we brought you the um, the Trading Places SummerSlam 2004. 15-year uh, anniversary of SummerSlam 2004 came up. And um, I thought, you know, why not trade places with the results of that event? So for those of you that are new to me here on Gaijin Wrestling Radio that listen to Gaijin, um, Trading places is a concept that my brother and I on Kicking Out at Two created, where we take an event and we 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 swap the results. We play role reversal and we try to map out the trajectory of the winners and losers of each of those matches and see where they would realistically stand during that time period. So in 2004, what would have happened realistically if Randy Orton was unable to win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship from Chris Benoit? Well, I map out that trajectory and you know between ben- Chris Benoit wouldn't have killed his fit. <laughs> I'm sorry. That just like came out. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh my, I love it. That's why I love you. Um, yeah, so, you know, there what if JBL was unable to defeat the Undertaker and and Undertaker became the WWE champion? How would how would the the JBL's career trajectory follow with this short championship run as the WWE champion? I I, I take each and every match, map them out and uh, play role reversal realistically. It's kind of a slight, I guess you could say slight take on the fantasy booking that everybody loves to do on the internet when it comes to wrestling, but I try to go in a more realistic approach. That's why I call it trading places. Um, yes. So you can find that on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network over on Podbean. This week, Kobe actually joined me, sat down with me for another concept on uh, Kicking Out of Two called the My Favorites Collection, where we take, whether it's a favorite match, a favorite storyline, a favorite pay-per-view, a favorite, um, you know, uh, 
moment in wrestling, whatever, and we discuss it, we dissect it, and then uh, if it's a match, we might watch it. Uh, if it's a pay-per-view, we might watch it and watch along form. So uh, my favorite steel cage match of all time, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, for the WWF Championship, SummerSlam 1994. Kobe and I, we watched it from beginning to end, talked about the psychology of the steel cage match, the two competitors, Bret and Owen, and how they brought their style of wrestling to um, the concept as uh, like a steel cage match in 1994 during a time period when wrestling didn't see a lot of blood and it wasn't ultra violent um it was a great match to watch my favorite steel cage match to watch kobe and i we had a blast so you can find that on on uh, the retromania pro wrestling podcast network over on podbean you can find that link over there um and you can watch along with us on wwe network if you have a wwe network account fire it up search for brett no and just you know listen to our directions and 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 enjoy our alternate commentary and not the commentary of Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler from 1994 arguing over who's got the shittier toupee um, and then <laughs> yeah it was a good time it was it was a lot of fun and then next week um a, no, a new concept to kicking out of two. I, I, I try to freshen things up a little bit. Try to give my show a little bit of a variety show when it comes to the nostalgia of pro wrestling. Oh, um, so what I have is the the debut of the Blind Date Diaries. Um, you know, I, I was once a single man, been on a few blind dates. Some of them were good, and some of them were fucking terrible. And so um, I take an event, a show that I've never watched before on WWE Network. I watch it, and then I'll. Just hit that record button, give you guys a recap, and tell you whether that blind date was good or whether that blind date can go straight to hell. So that's the, that's the inspiration behind that. The subject I'll be covering that I just recently watched was the big event from August the 28th, 1986, from the World Wrestling Federation. It was headlined by Hulk Hogan defending the WWF Championship against Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Outside at Exhibition Stadium in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It was the first time I ever watched it on WWE Network, so you'll get my uncensored, um, comprehensive take on that event after watching it. And to find us, you can find Kicking Out at Two over on social media, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Kicking Out at Two, as well as our Twitter handle. Our handle's at Kicking Out Two, K I C K N O U T, and the number two. Give us a follow on Twitter, hit the like button on Facebook, and Come hang with me and, and enjoy the nostalgia, relive, reimagine the glory years of professional wrestling with us at Kicking Out of Two. Yeah, always. And you can find Retromania not only on Podbean, but any podcasting app, Google Play, Spotify as well by searching Retromania with a W and plenty of more shows and bonus content to come. And we got some more news on the way as well. Dave, you ready to get into this episode of Gaijin Wrestling Radio? Yes, I this am, man. Let's do it. specific match between Misawa and Kobashi. Um, <clears throat> the link will be in the information um, for this episode. If not, uh, you can go to YouTube and search Misawa versus Kobashi. It's from All Japan Pro Wrestling, April 11th, 2000. Wrestling Stuff is the person who posted this. So, uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be up for a little while. Um, if not, eventually we will have the hidden videos like we have on the Facebook where I've synced up some of the commentary and some of the matches. Uh, you can find an old Bruno San Martino and Stan Hansen match. You can find an old Bruno and um, Roddy Piper match as well. Um, I'm going to be adding more of those secretly if I can. So anyhow, let's uh, let's get into this match. If you guys 
have it synced up, found. Dave, did you find it? I did find it. Yes, I did. Cool. So um, we are going to go five, four, three, two, one, and at zero. When I say zero, hit play. And if you guys want, you can watch along with us. If not, just listen to the commentary. I'm going to run down the history of the match, the history of the guys, and uh, we'll kind of watch the match too. So, uh, ready? I am ready. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Okay, here we see Masawa in the left with the green and the white. And Kobashi with the uh, the peach, I guess, or pink. What would Sherbert. you call that color? Sherbert. There we Sherbert. go. Sherbert. <laughs> Sherbert, man. I'm an asshole. And, and uh, Masawa is in the uh, the mint chocolate chip almost. Yeah, Masawa um, looks like a Girl Scout cookie. No, with oh. all with all due respect. Uh, any any He's a Finn mint. Before I get into some history, any knowledge of Masawa or Kobashi? Um, I've, I've heard names before. Uh, I've seen you know pictures. Um, really don't have much knowledge um, regarding these two. But from from what I've heard, um, legends in the world of Japanese wrestling. Oh, definitely. Um, we'll kind of start off with Masawa, born June eighteenth, nineteen sixty two. Um, he was actually the second Tiger Mask um, in All Japan Pro Wrestling. Okay. He donned the mask after the original one, but uh, he became one of the most popular ones. And then during a match one time, uh, took off his his uh, mask and just became Misawa. And uh, from there became a great wrestler in All Japan, kind of the ace of the uh, promotion, if you will, with... One of the guys in his uh, camp, or kind of like a younger, a young boy, if you will, if you know what that is, um, you know, like somebody who's like not necessarily trained by him, but you know, they they spar a lot and they kind of uh, team up. Uh, it's part of Kenta like the training Ko- camp itself, yeah. Exactly, Kenta okay. Kobashi. Okay. So Kobashi is uh, born March twenty seventh, nineteen sixty four. Not too much. Um, not too. Not too much younger than Masawa himself, but um, again, he's the he's looked at as the younger, the younger guy in the. No. Uh, uh, I got, so I got, I got a question to ask you. Yeah. Um, the you, you said he took the mask off. Um, yes. Was there any particular reason why he took the mask off? Was it a part of a stipulation in a match? And do does is the is the the. The, the significance of the mask as important um, in Japanese wrestling culture like it is in Mexican wrestling culture? Um, somewhat, yes. I mean, kind of... Um, it's kind of... Uh, it's kind of like... It, it's the same. Okay. But, you know, but it was more like... A, Okay, Tiger Mask is originally a cartoon anime character, so you're playing a character, yep. you know, as well. So it was, it's just the guy playing the character. But I guess he's you can be sacred or you know, respectful to it. But I mean, I wouldn't say that because he kind of just ripped it off during his match, um, and it's it's during um, a, a a tag team rivalry that he goes through with uh with Kawada. Okay. Who unmasks him during the match, actually. Okay. Um, so, yeah. 
And during this time as well, he would team with one Kenta Kobashi. Okay. So, uh, Interesting. Yeah. These guys as well would um, fight for the All Japan Triple Crown Championship um, on plenty of occasions. Also, um, early earlier than this, if if you want to go uh, predating this match, that you know they've they've competed for it before. I was going to say because when I was scrolling through YouTube looking for this particular match, um, that was nice. Um, what was that? The, the the somersault yes off the top rope the plancha there um when i was scrolling through looking for this match there was results from like 1999 1998 1997 like these guys have been going at it forever it's like it was yeah. like it, it was like a never ending rivalry um, oh definitely now would you say now two questions one all japan cuz i'm not versed on japanese wrestling that was owned by giant baba correct correct okay now would you say this rivalry is like the equivalent to in America, um, let's say, Flair and Dusty in terms of longevity? Sure, definitely. Okay. Flair right. and Dusty, um, if you want to even go more modern. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Uh, Hogan Savage. Yeah, that's very WWF. Um, I'm just talking about longevity, about like you know, like how many times yeah, it can. Sorry, oh, sure, yeah, yeah, definitely, yes, okay. yes. I'm yes. not talking about like substance and context. I'm just saying in terms of like how well a rivalry can they can can be drawn out over the years. You know, obviously not like consecutively because you know you got to do different stuff and then eventually you can come back to it. But this is definitely one of those rivalries, at least for all Japan, where like they can go away, do something else with other guys. But when they come when they come back to it, it's still accepted by the audience. Exactly. Okay. Um, and they've they've traded the title a couple times. Okay. Um, Masawa won it the first time, August twenty second, nineteen ninety two. As Masawa just chops the shit out of Kobashi back and forth. These are some hard hitting blows. Um, then Masawa w- would win it for a second time, May twenty sixth, nineteen ninety five. Kobashi would win it for his first time, July twenty fourth, nineteen ninety six, off of Akira Tawe. Then Masawa would beat Kobashi, January twentieth, nineteen ninety seven having his third reign. Okay. Uh, then Kawada would have it in between. Kobashi would win it June 12th, 1998 for a second time. Then Masawa would beat him October 31st, 1998 for his fourth reign. Jesus. Um, yeah. Then we get later into the year of 1999 where Vader returns. Um, he comes back after uh, being a beast in Japan years ago. Um, and after leaving WWF with, you know, on some shitty terms, if you will say, as these guys have a test of strength. Yeah, this yeah is, you uh, remember the Vader's departure from WWF? In in uh, 98? Yes. Right? Yeah, it was like late 98, yeah. Yep. He was, so, it, yeah, it was very unceremoniously. Yeah, and uh, all of a sudden he would come up in all Japan and win the Triple Crown Championship March 6, 1999 in their Excite Series Tour. And then Misawa would dethrone Vader in May of 1999 for his fifth reign as the champion. Uh, Then Vader 
would defeat Misawa in October of 1999 for his second reign. Then Kobashi would claim his stake and beat Vader February of 2000. That's earlier this year um, for his third reign. And then the title is vacated in June. And now what we have here is the Champions Carnival. Okay. And that's what these guys are competing in. Do you know what the Champions Carnival is? I As do Misawa not. does a senton to Kenta Kobashi. Well, the, the Champions Carnival is basically um, one of the oldest forms of the tournament of the G1 Climax, or it used to be with uh, Ricky Dozan back in the day um, in the J- Japanese Wrestling Association. It was called the World League. Uh-huh. So it's one of the oldest tournaments that they try to feature uh, combatants from around the world, or mainly Japanese or gaijin introduced, uh-huh. you know? Okay. Um, so usually it's either block format, um, like the G1 Climax, are you familiar with the, the block format there? With the yes. round robin where you have to kind of face everybody and you get points. Yeah, um, usually it's the, like The that. point system scaled based on like pinfall, submission, count out, shit like that? Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, yeah, and usually it's pretty standard. A win is two points, a loss is no points, a draw is one point. Um, a count out victory or DQ win, you still get oops, I'm I'm sorry, excuse me. <laughs> a count no, out victory good. or DQ win, you still get the two points, and the guy gets no points. It's because they uh they don't they don't really get like count outs and DQ finishes, um, like we do here in America, they use them for. For very important times in Japanese wrestling. Um, I know a lot of people in not this past year's G1, the 2019, but the 2018 G1 Climax, there was a lot of DQs and countouts with Tamatanga and Bad Luck Fale, and people were not happy because that's not usually what happens in Japanese wrestling. Now, if I'm if I'm correct, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, you, you mentioned the, the, the DQ finishes with... Um those those Bullet Club members wasn't that during the period of time when Bullet Club was kind of like unraveling and there was really some Correct. uncertainty and between yes. like Omega and those elite guys. So like, do you think like they were really going more storyline based when it came to the finishes rather than the actual athletic competition? Absolutely, and I think that's what Gato and Jado have provided to the New Japan, but. Um but they also, yeah, they've also Americanized it. But I also, I, I didn't, I didn't mind it. I, uh-huh. I was, I wasn't opposed to it. It okay. worked for the storyline of the tournament. Every yep. tournament should be different. It shouldn't always be the same damn thing every year. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. That's what would end up happening to all Japan. That would become stale, and they kind of wouldn't. They couldn't pick up a, a new ace to uh, fulfill the destiny. Also, Baba would die. Um, uh, and then his wife being in control wouldn't get along with Masawa and Masawa would leave and start his own promotion called Pro Wrestling Noah. Yep. Okay. Um, and basically everybody but like two or one person or like a handful of people left all Japan. It's crazy. There was like the hugest exodus in wrestling ever. And that was based on what politics or just the fact that the, the bad was... relationship between Baba's wife and Masawa after Baba died. Okay, and was was that because of like control over the company? Like, 
Uh, that and booking. And Masawa is kind of like over the hill right here. As we see, he's, he's not in the best shape. I mean, Kobashi looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, as he has Masawa in a headlock in this King's Road style of wrestling match. Do you know what that is? I do not know what that is either. You, you're, so, you, you got a virgin here, man. <laughs> you're, so, you're yeah, this, a lot of cherries with me on this This is one. kind of like uh, the Triple Crown Championship format or All Japan Wrestling format. Um, it's not... It's, it's almost like what New Japan will develop eventually or what they kind of adapted. Um, it's this long... This long plotting match. Um, this isn't necessarily a rest hold right here. You know, there, there's an intent for it. He's wearing down the neck because he does a clothesline move, you know, yep. or he does a brain buster or, you okay. know, his finisher. Um, it's very methodical. King's Road is a long, uh, I mean, not necessarily long. This is a 20 something minute match, but still, it, it's. That's a it's significant amount of time. Yeah, I mean, come yeah, on. it's. But, and look at the way that they're working throughout this match. Very technical and plotting. Uh, yeah. You don't see you don't see too many high spots. No, um, you don't. Which, but I mean, you, they put them in where it's where it's they, you know you, you gotta you gotta flavor it up and mix it up a little bit too at the same time. Like like you know he did a plant was it Masawa did a plancha earlier you know to kind of like mm-hmm. you know kind of freshen freshen things up. But then uh, Kenta slowed it down. So I mean like it's it. It kind of leaves you wanting more when you when you at least in my opinion when you when you put a high spot in there like that in a, in a style of match like this. Judging from what I'm seeing here, um, that it it just kind of gives the audience it leaves you wanting more. Like when's he going to do that again? You know? Yeah, like not he just had him in a. Not saying they don't appreciate the work rate by any means, because I'm sure that the audience does. But mm-hmm. you know, kind of at least from my vantage point, mixing it up is kind of giving the audience something to to tease them with later on as the match progresses yeah um i mean we 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 get like the methodical stuff like i said he he had the the front the front face lock all right let me ask some how many times did he just drop his arm uh yeah sometimes japanese stuff is tricky uh he's gonna go oh well he dropped it like five times yeah it's a little different over there yeah Uh, yeah yeah. it's obviously yeah the rules are different but Kobashi had the front face lock, and then he hooked Masawa with the DDT, drops him with the DDT, but he stays locked, and then has him in a front face chancery uh, submission lock. Yep. And yeah, I mean, just great, just great stuff. A headlock no, submission, good. yeah, and, and, and then and, and a leg drop. One, two, no. no Go this ahead. Is I'm good sorry. stuff. This is no. This is really good stuff. I'm I'm uh, I'm very intrigued by like the culture and the different you know aspect with the rules and. You know, I could tell you rules for American wrestling all day long, but you know when it comes to this stuff, it's 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 foreign territory to me. No, no, you know, no disrespect intended. Yeah. Um. So, actually, uh, Kobashi is the reigning champion during this tournament and during this match. Um, I, I I slipped up when I said he, he vacated in June. This is April, obviously. That's before. So this is no. Oh Jesus. Jeez, what a yeah. beautiful suplex. Yeah, it was a snap German, yeah. Yep. I liked what Masawa did earlier where he just ran up the, 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 the second rope and then doing a plancha, but it was like a diving headbutt in midair. Like he caught him like right in the chest with the headbutt. Like Oh yeah. 
That was, then that was then Masawa cool. just reversed a, a power bomb, turned it into a Frankensteiner, got up, gave him a spinning back fist and a spinning back kick, kind of uh, retracing his uh, days of Tiger Mask. Now, who are these two guys down here on the floor? Now, these are, we got to look. I mean, it's going to be hard because it's kind of grainy. They're usually young boys, somebody who's going to be a future star. Um, Not sure. Not sure who those guys are. Masawa, beautiful for them. Masawa or Kenta's camp or whatever. Either one. Either one. Usually they're in the same corner of these guys because they're kind of like in the same camp as well, Mm -hmm. um, like I spoke of. Yeah. yeah, beautiful, um, like a, what was that, kind of like a tilt-a-whirl? Yeah, like a corkscrew. corkscrew. Like plancha, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, Masawa, killing it. I mean, for someone who you claimed was over the hill, I mean, he's he's certainly uh, he's certainly keeping up and, and, and holding oh, yeah. his own. I mean, oh, yeah. may, may, maybe, the, maybe the better phrase is past his prime. Correct. You know, I think, twilight, I think twilight you're right. of his career. I think you you're say. right. I, I, you know. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, as Kobashi is struggling to get back into the ring, um, Masawa is staying in the lead, if you will, or staying in control, trying to suplex him back in. Let's get into the tournament. Um, let's talk about the competitors. Now, this is a 16-man tournament, single elimination. Usually, it's the block style. Now, this year, it's just the, the single elimination. Okay. Um, first round, Akira Tawe loses to Steve Williams. So Dr. Death Steve Williams advances. Uh, then, my boy Doc. Yeah. Dr. Death. Yeah, I mean, he was a great, he was a former champion as well. Um, oh, geez. Nice uh, attempt by Kenta Kabashi to suplex Masawa over the top. Oh, man. Gets caught with a forearm coming off of the apron. June. Izumita uh, beats Wolf Hawkfield in the first round. Then Mike Barton beats Masawa Inoue. Uh, then we have Takoyo Amori beating Jun Akiyama in seven seconds. Jeez. Uh, then we have Masawa beating Kawada, long rival there advancing. Then we have Vader Beating wow, beautiful frog splash by Masawa. One, two, close count. Then we have Vader beating uh, Takiyama. Wow, I want to see that match. That's probably a great hard hitting match. You familiar with Takiyama? Big blonde haired um, guy that's kind of like a UFC fighter as well. Um, vaguely, or, vaguely. Yeah. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to look at a picture. Yeah. Uh, then we have Johnny Smith beating Tamon Honda. Then we have Kobashi beating Johnny Ace. In 20 minutes. 20-minute <laughs> match between Kenta Kobashi and Johnny Ace. Johnny Ace, wow. Yeah. 20 minutes. Uh, yeah, let, let's go to the quarter uh, finals as this match is ramping up. Wow, beautiful bridging set back suplex by Masawa to Kobashi. One, two, no. Uh, Steve Williams beats Jun Izumida by forfeit. Um, then we have Takawa Amore beating Mike Barton in 15 minutes. Then we have Masawa beating Vader in 11 minutes and 31 seconds by submission. Then Mike, we have... Got a question for you. Mike yeah. Barton. Mm-hmm. That name's familiar. Uh, uh, let's, let's look it up. Let's do it. 
uh, Mike Barton, we have an attempt for a powerbomb here, or a tiger driver, if you will. Oh, beautiful um, flipping forward front kick. And rolling kind of in Suduri. Mike Barton, let's look him up. Beautiful tiger driver. One, two, no. Awfully familiar. Uh, Hey, you know who that is? Who is Mike Barton? Barton and Steele. Mike Polachek. That looks like Bart. It's Bart Gunn. Hold on one second. Yeah, it's Bart Gunn. It's Bart Gunn, everybody. Wow, you are correct. Wow. That's pretty cool. We find that okay. out together. So Look at that. Uh, we go for another Tiger Suplex attempt, or Tiger Driver attempt, and... Um, Kobashi backs Masawa up into the corner, and these guys are fighting hard, hitting back. Oh, nice beautiful back spinning chop. And now Kobashi going for. Jesus Christ. God, landing right on Masawa's head. Um, Holy shit. Which in about nine. Kasan Gaijin? Yeah, definitely. Right, which in about nine sure. years, uh, Masawa would meet his fate in a similar knot. So, well, yeah. Getting dropped he, on his that's head how he passed away, right? You had an yes. accident in the ring? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, okay. Takawe Amore beats Mike Barton. Wow. Crazy. Masawa beats Vader by submission 11 minutes, 31 seconds. Kobashi beats Johnny Smith 17 minutes and 43 seconds. Then we go to the semifinals where Takawe Amore beats Steve Williams and advances to the finals. And then the winner of this match will advance to the finals. God damn. Drops Masawa on his head again, again. with another bridging uh, or release snap German like suplex. A, like a full Nelson, half, yep. or half, half Nelson release yep. German suplex. Jesus Christ. Here we go God. for a brain bust. Oh, man. Falcon Arrow. One, two, no. Masawa kicks out as we're gearing up towards the end of this match. What do you think so far? This has, been, this has been good, man. This has been really good. I, um, and, and I'm learning a lot. And, uh, you know, when it comes to the culture um, and the history of, you know, all Japan wrestling and these guys. And, um, yeah, this has been uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you for joining me. I also, um, I, I will say, I think their 1997 match that they had is probably my favorite one. Okay. Um, but this is a great one as well because it, you know, it's it's in a tournament. You got thirty minutes um, to to finish the guy off. So they're kind of like, you know, they're gearing towards the end right here. There's a sense of, uh, oh, geez, urgency as Kobashi power bombs Masawa into the turnbuckles. Yeah, just barely. Yeah. Caught the back of his fucking head. Another one of these. So we see. Uh, Marafuji in the corner there in the black shirt. He becomes a later ace of All Japan. Okay. Torture or back. New Jap- or Noah, I'm sorry. Oh, wait. Wow. Oh, that was nice. nice. Nice counter. Beautiful. Went for like a reverse uh, DVD and then countered into an arm drag. Now we're going for what is like this double, called? I think a double underhook. Yep. Double Jesus. underhook suplex bridged. One, two, no. Man. Talking to each other here, maybe. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Thanks, Dave. 
Sorry. Trying to be somewhat respectful. <laughs> oh, somewhat respectful. Yeah, what, what, would you start off with earlier? <laughs> what in the I beginning say? of the show? Talking about Chris Benoit murdering oh, people yeah, and stuff? Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. All right. I'll give you that one. So both right. men rising to their feet now. I'll leave the stereotype, stereotypes Ooh, off this geez. podcast. Wow. Yeah, that was a nice shot. That was a chop from Kabashi, and then Masawa just fires back with two forearms to the face, like right, left, and I think Kabashi just dropped. This, I think what I've enjoyed most about this match is the fact that it's been so physical with the with the striking. Like, um, it, it 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 looks. I mean, I'm sure it hurts, but like, I'm sure you could feel it. But like, it looks very real, you know. Yeah. With the, the elbows and the back fists and the chops, like, you know, like it just. See again? Oh Jesus! Looks like he's fucking nailing him. And yep. He's probably barely touching two, him. Two two forearms or two elbows to the face of Kobashi from Masawa attempts to uh, pick him up. Ooh, we get a uh, reverse DDT after Kobashi was picked up on the shoulders of Masawa. Now Kobashi is gaining some uh, some strength as he climbs towards the ropes to help himself up. And his face does look a little swollen. Yeah, but, he's uh, definitely taking a few shots. Yeah. To the head. Yeah, definitely. I always love how the the referees are like, get him. You can always do it. You, it's your chance to pin. Like, the, the referees are aware. Yeah, he Not, was really directing traffic there. Oh. Oh, wow. Beautiful um, spinning back fist combination and then a counter with a lariat from Kobashi to Masawa, and he covers him one, two, no. Which you which you brought up earlier um, regarding the um, the neck and the that head. head that neck and the head that headlock sleeper is setting up for that clothesline earlier. Yep, that was just the beginning of it. Yes, indeed. Continuity, continuity. I like it. Yeah. Um, now Kobashi is in the far right corner, helping himself up. Masawa is there, laying down, trying to get up himself. The referee, kind of encouraging him on. Okay, both men are up. Kobashi runs for that clothesline. They both collide as Masawa hits him with a forearm. Then Masawa blocks the clothesline with his forearm, hitting it away. Kobashi grabs a sleeper hold and then hits a fucking back German suplex. Jesus. Wow. I don't know how he could survive all those drops on his head. Like he's He doesn't. Spoiler alert. Here comes Kobashi. Huge fucking lariat to the back of the head of Masawa. Now one to the front of him, covering him. One, two, three. Wow. Very physical. I like that finish, though. Uh, that, yeah. was, that was action-packed, to say Again, the least. Again, King's Road. That's a methodical, thought-out uh, thought match of how do you utilize uh, this man's uh, move set characteristics against this other man's move set characteristics. Um, you know, um, yeah. it, it's a great way of storytelling. I love um, a lot of triple crown matches, man. There's, there's, there's so many more that we can watch. Um, I, I really appreciate you joining me on this episode. Let's, let's flash forward into the finals. Kobashi would beat Takawe Amore in 25-12 on April 15th of 2000 and being the uh, the reigning Triple Crown heavyweight champion winning the tournament in his 10th consecutive appearance. Good so, stuff. Yeah, some great stuff. Dave, 
uh, thank you for joining me. Hope you enjoyed that. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed that. Um, I really was into the physicality of this match, um, the, the with the striking and just how you know physical it was. I'm I'm always up for a good fight, a good Haas fight. And even though these two guys technically were, you know, very very well sound when it came to the technique with the moves and the holds, like. To me, what stood out was the physicality with the strikes to the head, the blows with the elbows and the chops and the fists. And yeah, that was this was good. This was a lot of fun, man. And I thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And I will catch you on Kicking Out at Two. As always, uh, where can we find that? Uh, Facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two, as well as our Twitter handle. Our handle is at kicking out two. Hit the like button on Facebook. Give us a follow over on uh, the Twitter. Um, you know, I'm also, I've, I've been keeping myself pretty busy in this wrestling podcast world. We also have a podcast that you can find each and every Saturday on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network on Podbean. It's called Marking Out the Days Weekend Warriors, where we cover WWF superstars and WCW Saturday night from 1992. We watch both shows and then we give you guys a recap and we tell you which show is the better show of the two um riding the magic school bus a pro wrestling podcast each and every saturday on the retro mania pro wrestling podcast network yes indeed um and you can always find us on any podcasting app by searching retro mania with a w at the beginning um you can find us on spotify google play anything i'm telling you please Rate, review, subscribe, like. It It helps us grow. Um, that's how we're going to keep continuing to give you this great content as we do, as always. Um, all right, Dave, catch you next time. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Gaijin Wrestling Radio.